0: information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. This episode was recorded at ATA 2020. I have Randy Peck and Scott Eastman, who are both part of Hex Hunting. I hope you enjoy the show.
1: The, the beauty of it is throughout hunting season you know unlike a bow you have to sight in and everything else if you're hunting with your buddy or like you went on the elk hunt with Randy you can get on your phone from camp and say man I need to get one of those those hex suits either go to our Amazon store or go directly to the website punch it in and we'll ship same day. And we're able to do that because we keep our SKU count down and our, our inventory pretty simplified. Right. Just a couple of camo choices, and, and that's pretty much it. But like I said, we wanted to have a viable business, and I know Randy's big on this. I don't know how some of these clothing guys do it when they have 400 different styles and six different camos. Oh, my good Lord, that would scare me. I know something about inventory, and it can eat you up.
0: Uh, I couldn't <laughs> imagine. Oh, it's
1: crazy. Just yeah. trying to forecast that. Can you imagine, like, what Sitka, those guys are really good up there. Oh, man. man. That'd be tough.
0: Yeah, I mean, my, my podcast, mm-hmm. or one of them, Archery Maniacs, we have, like, two hats, a couple shirts and and it's too much for me and it's like five items like nah (laughs) no i don't want anything else (laughs) yeah you always end up with that one
1: style that you have 300 smalls left right (laughs) and no larges or extra larges you know That's, that's kind of the old classic thing but so far it's worked well what we're really focusing on expanding now is obviously even more awareness in this industry um We do really well, and without getting into numbers, I think it's a pretty well-kept secret how many suits we do sell. Um, But the other market is much bigger. Uh, We want to get in touch with the people that just want to have an an enjoyable outdoor experience. Because the way I look at it, I don't care if it's a super over the top liberal that lives in san diego that want or san francisco probably wants to go out on a weekend and look at animals in the woods i mean i want to sell him a suit because maybe he comes back from that and he has a more appreciation of nature and some of the natural surroundings so i think that's great right Um, i'm never going to apologize for being a bow hunter but we want to reach as many people as we can to make a better outdoor experience yeah i think getting back to nature is good for anyone regardless oh. of your background or your especially ideology especially kids or anything. nowadays man kids, my example, yeah
0: it's like man you just everywhere you look around it seems like they're just yeah. you know heading the phone and you want to do something outside from no it. it's like golly yeah <laughs> get, get them away from
1: that i mean uh, and we're all a little different i mean i remember being with my dad when i was probably three years old you know walking through the woods or doing whatever outdoors and it's a real struggle getting... I, I think, like I said, the more people we have appreciate the outdoors and nature in general, whether they want to hunt or not, the better off we are as a hunter, hunting community. Right. When they respect that and they enjoy that. Yeah. They have a better understanding of why we do what we want to do. Absolutely. You know. So,
0: what about washing it? You know, that that's probably Never really my main out. question. Gotcha.
1: Never wash out. Um, the only issue that we've seen and it's not really brand specific, but with some of the ozone application systems, Mm -hmm. um, and some are worse than others, where they're blowing direct ozone onto our material, and it's not just us. That direct ozone (laughs) will actually eat elastic. It'll eat a lot of stuff. But we do have warnings on the packaging about using those because it'll break down that that carbon strand. Gotcha. so we've had, and, and now I think those guys are getting better. They're kind of redesigning their systems where it's not direct. It's more s- circulated. Um, I would imagine they had a lot of complaints because I've seen what it does to elastic. I
0: mean, it just melts it. And there's so much elastic in everything. Oh, you I know. know it's yeah. crazy.
1: Spandex. <laughs> you put something in there and it comes out one quarter the size of what it was <laughs> when it went in. That's not a good combo.
0: No, it's not. It's not. So what about, you know, like... Have you guys gone on any hunts together?
2: Well, we just we well, just I did one a little I, bit. I met Scott in Elk Camp. Oh really? Yeah. yeah actually in Oregon. That's yeah. probably the first time mm-hmm. I met Scott was and that well that was actually the first time I met you and Dudley and Yeah. Dave Duncan was there and I don't remember who all else, but you know Yeah,
1: it seems like yesterday and it seems like a long time yeah. ago. It's weird. Right.
2: So it's been a while and But Ran- that's Randy how we and met. I are
1: we're such similar people when it comes to business and just the, that my my wife absolutely <laughs> fell in love with him her her only problem is she's trying to fix him up with all of her all of her <laughs> friends <laughs> That's what she thinks of him. I, I'd be worried if I weren't so good looking and in such good shape. Anyway, I, I think Jesse loves him loves him more than just about anybody out well, there. And we had a
2: good experience this year. They come by the ranch. They had a little deal in Texas that didn't work out quite for them. So they come by the ranch, and Jess got to shoot her first whitetail doe. Oh, that's so cool. And learn about Texas whitetail does. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. She had some... String jumping
2: going on down yeah. there, you know, and but we had a great time at the ranch, of course, it wasn't long enough, it never is, just like our hunt it wasn't long enough right, but uh me and Scott, we talk on the phone quite a bit, you know about everything under the sun, yeah.
1: whether it be business, relationships, whatever it might be, but uh, like i said when i when I met Randy, I mean, we kind of became friends instantly and been working on stuff together for a long time since and and we have some big plans going forward so watch out yeah
2: Mm -hmm. we've got some things working and yeah we'll end up doing lots of hunts but the good thing and the bad thing about being in this industry is we're in the industry so it don't leave as much time to hunt as we want to right you know or i got to run my business back home and he's got his business at home and but and when he does live in Reno, and I live in Texas, so it makes it a little bit harder. But at some point, we will just have to slow down and say, look, we're doing this this year.
0: Just going to have to meet in the middle in Wyoming, yeah. and we'll all go hunt. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But
2: I'll be, at, uh, I'll be hunting elk this year. Mike's out, got, out got my us. name on the list this year. so
1: We, we have a—and we do this with tax. It's one of, one of our passions, right? Uh, Mike, obviously, Randy, and myself, but— <coughs> We've got a, a lease up in Oregon. It's probably the, the best ground in the entire state. So, um, and that's something, you know, it's a luxury for us. But we get great video from it. Right. Um, Randy's coming out um, on that property this year. And that's actually where my wife got her first bowl last year. That's so cool. A heck of a bowl. So, anyway,
0: that, that'll that be a lot
2: of fun. Yeah, it's going to be, be fun this before year. before we know it. Yep.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I've, I've been kind of piecing together, <clears throat> you know, next year and, whatnot and it's just i can't believe it's already halfway through january is what i can't believe <laughs> yeah. and it's 2020 like when did, when did that happen you know it
1: happens quick well you're you, you're younger too i'll tell you what
0: <laughs> time, time
1: accelerates <laughs> later on man don't complain to me you're about being <laughs> <happens> younger
2: <laughs> holy smokes <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're we're on the end where we're starting to talk about real yeah. money and retiring and you're just now getting started yeah
1: <laughs> it, it seems sometimes i blink and a month goes by <laughs> like wow how'd that happen exactly <laughs>
0: oh man yeah i are do you guys i mean obviously being the owners of hex you would recommend wearing it all the time but do you notice as you know a big of a deal when somebody says rifle hunting and they're three, four, five hundred yards away? There, there's definitely a distance
1: involved. I mean, we've been able to measure um, and it's got to be a perfect setting, right? Outdoors, right. no loose electrical, nothing else. We've been able to measure as far as 50 yards, which is <coughs> obviously an archery's wheelhouse. Right. But there is some crossover because for example, come turkey time, and it's always driven me nuts because we hunt turkeys with a bow and arrow. But My buddies that are big-time archers that, you know, don't go gun hunting in the fall, when it comes turkey time, they put their bow in the closet, and they pick up their shotguns and go shoot a turkey. So I would say the majority of the turkey hunters that we have are gun hunters, not bow hunters. Um And hex is huge. I think one of the reasons they do that is they have that belief from past experiences trying to draw down on a tom at close quarters is damn near impossible. Right. Well, when you put on a hex suit, not only is it possible, but it's way doable. I mean, you just don't get busted. (laughs) Um, So it's super, super fun.
0: Well,
2: and for me, the other aspect that people don't think of is that both my boys grew up wearing hex. And if you try to get a, well, the experience with Hoyt was shooting his first turkey with a bow. He didn't kill him, but I called him in. He's five or six years old with his bow. He's pulling back like 18 pounds, and the arrow literally bounced off the turkey. <laughs> he hit it, but it was at five, y- <laughs> five or six yards. I mean, what other kid can say he had that experience? oh yeah, you know, I mean, and then with both the boys whitetail hunting there in Texas, they both grew up in hex suits, and we got away with a lot more mistakes being kids than we would have if we wouldn't have had them all you know we'd, we'd have blowed stuff out of the country so it's it's been it's been a memory maker for me. Oh, yeah. You know, as much as anything. I, I
1: think everyone, even for that rifle hunter out there, let's take a Western rifle hunter. And, you know, people can wonder, but I think probably average out Western mule deer open country hunter is probably between 100 and 150 yards that guys will tell you 300 you you and i both know it takes a lot to shoot 300 <laughs> it really <yards>. does <laughs> it's it a really lot does than people let on Yeah. But let's say even for that you know that's maybe outside of our wheelhouse a little bit as far as detectability however on that hunt the other experiences that guy is going to have with other animals with other wildlife And the fact that a guy, if he's really going to get out on foot and go rifle hunting, he may very well shoot a buck at 30 yards, Mm you know, walking up a bedded buck. He doesn't have to, but, I mean, it happens. Uh, I know plenty of rifle guys. I've had guys out that end up shooting something real close. Or you take a shotgun slug hunter in Pennsylvania. I mean, some of that's real close quarter Man, shooting. Man, so isn't it though? I would say it would so help thick it, there. Yeah, I would say it would help in a lot of applications for a guy that's going to go out gun hunting. Well, if they want another advantage, pick up a hex suit.
2: Well, I think that's the biggest deal. It's it's a tool in your arsenal to be able to use. You take the guy that's out stalking and stalking in the hills or the draws or the valleys out there west. It's you know in his mind he's going to shoot 100, 200 yards. But what if he just walks over the hill, and there he is at 30 yards? Or he makes a mistake at 100 yards or closer or something. It, it, it helps cover up a lot of the mistakes that we make as hunters. Absolutely. It gives us a lot of second and third chances. And I think that would be the biggest advantage to a, to a rifle hunter is that if he does make a mistake, it, it's going to be an advantage in his favor that he had it on. What, what I talk to a lot of guys about now because i'm in this same boat we just
1: talked about it a few minutes back but we work we all work our tails off all year to enjoy what we want to enjoy which and maybe for some guys that's only five days in deer camp per year they work their tails off all year take care of their family they work hard to get that time to go out i'm going to join my buddies for five days i'm going to go on a hunt why wouldn't you take every possible advantage to have the best hunt you possibly could and that's That's what guys complain about now is not having the time to enjoy the sport. Everybody's busy with their lives. They have their kids. They have their household. They have the job. They Mm -hmm. have career, all this outside stuff pulling them every direction, hobbies, whatever it might be. So, give yourself an advantage. You want a better experience when you do get the time to go do what you love. And that's what I tell everyone. I don't care if they're a rifle hunter, a shotgun hunter, a bow hunter, photographer, whatever it might be, whatever. A photographer <clears throat> beekeeper, bird watcher. <laughs> right. You
2: know, have a better experience. You've earned it. And it's also, when you talk about the experience, it's also the secondary experiences. I've been sitting in, 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 in a tree blind and had birds land on my arrow that's yeah, knocked on cool. my bow. I mean, I had—I was down in South Texas, and I had a uh, porcupine climb up the tree and go to sleep a couple feet above my head, <laughs> literally, you know.
0: That is crazy. <laughs> and I've
2: had coons and squirrels just all over you. I mean, you see on the secondary side of the wildlife, you see so much more that you wouldn't see if they yeah. knew that you was a living object where when we're, we're you know, portrayed as... What's that fancy word?
1: Inanimate. Inanimate, yeah. <laughs> fancy word. When Come on. When you're in an inanimate
2: state, <laughs> you know, we see a whole lot more than what we normally would. And it's been fun just talking about the secondary experiences I've seen with hex. You know, like the bird landing on my arrow and taking a picture of a bird just, you know, two feet from me and stuff right. like that, you know. So there, there's, there's lots of other reasons to put a smile on your face and make a big memory.
1: We, we, we just got back. Um, and actually, first time I'd ever done this, but um, got married in August, and we just got back from our honeymoon. So one of the things we did on our honeymoon, we actually went a couple of places, but did a full photographic safari in South Africa so cool now i 've you know bow hunter all my life, so i 've been to Africa multiple times, but this time completely different experience and i gotta tell you it was addicting <laughs> it was so much like bow hunting and granted i 'm not putting stuff on the ground, but getting the right shot from the right angle and being close enough, it felt like the same experience, and it was so cool. It was really cool, but we 're with a bunch of you know these people are paying to go over there for a photosafari and by the second day they're asking us what do you do and what does this stuff do and and these are serious photographers and it's really been an eye-opener that they we don't think about this as bow hunters they're going through the same thing that we're going through is how do i get closer how do i change position how do i get this angle without being under without being detected in this animal fleeing so it was a really interesting experience hanging hanging out with those people and honestly it was a lot of fun just just photographing stuff i got a kick out of it i mean it, it was really cool being 20 yards from a big bull elephant staring you right in the face and you got a camera lens it's a, it'll get your blood pumping it's <laughs> I pretty neat bet.
0: <laughs> man i've yeah, you know, i've never been to africa yet but uh that's something that my dad has always wanted to do is go there and just do the photo safari yeah yeah
1: super cool i'll give <clears> you a piece of advice if you're ever interested and tell your dad go to the SCI show, the national show, right? Because they have the auction room there. And every year there are four or five photo safaris. Well, they're auctioning them at an auction full of hunters, right? So these photo safaris are going for pennies on the dollar because everyone in that crowd is a hunter, and they want to go shoot a sable or they want right. to go shoot a kudu. They want to go hunt. So <laughs> we, we just got such a smoking deal on this thing. So if he does want to do that, take my advice. Cool. Go to one of the SEI shows, Dallas or, or Vegas or Reno. And sit in that auction room, and it is more than affordable. That's awesome! Really affordable to go do it. Yeah, and a hell of an experience. Yeah,
0: I bet. I bet. You know, I I'd like to uh, dive into a couple more of your guys's awesome experiences, because I, because I, I at least from my shoes, it seems people are, are much more relatable to actual tangible experiences, right? Because you can you can tell them all about the science or why this bike is better than that bike or whatever else, but until they experience it or hear somebody that they know, like, and trust that has experienced it, it doesn't mean as much, you know? And, and I can say firsthand, once again, when we were in New Mexico, when Randy did shoot his elk, um just before that we had a bull that was coming in on a string to us and i don't i don't know how close he got randy i mean he was close close oh, yeah. and then i don't know if the wind swirled or whatever but he took off so then this elk that randy ends up shooting is Coming in, well, all four of them. <laughs> yeah, we're coming in. We I mean, had multiple elk in the insane. area. It was insane. All these bulls are coming in from different spots, and this elk is coming. And obviously, the caller's off to our right or our left, and he's paying attention to him. And you know how it is when you spook an animal; most of the time, they're gone. And Randy goes and he starts to draw back, and the elk. Like, kind of looks over and kind of sidesteps, I don't know, five yards maybe, and then stops and kind of looks and then starts looking at Randy, and then Randy hammers him. But I've had enough experiences where that's not the result. Especially on elk. They haul ass. Oh, yeah. Well, and on
2: that <clears throat> elk, we seen him coming for 89 yards, and we were just in some timber, and there was no place to hide. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we was actually – we had actually gotten up and was leaving because we didn't like the last elk that we had shot. So I'm just standing by a little tree and I'm not sure where uh, Zach was standing. He I was d-
0: almost in the open. There were yeah. some pine boughs that I'd used to break my silhouette up, but almost in the I mean, open. We're basically yeah.
2: just standing there like another tree and. This elk's coming, and I'd been punished so many times already about learning how to draw on an elk. And luckily, we was at Ralph's where we'd gotten 16 bulls on film. So I learned a lot in two days about when to draw. And he's the, he's the best
1: in the business Yeah. when
2: and, it comes to, to calling an elk. And, and that guy's like a witch doctor. Yeah. He's, he's There good. was a lot so of elk. So yeah. we're watching this elk come in, and I'm thinking, okay, I've learned all this lesson. I've learned <laughs> a few elk already. Where am I going to draw? well he actually gets 10 yards from me before i even start to draw and when he goes behind a little bitty tree again i thought well maybe i can draw when his eyes go behind that tree and he was only 10 yards when that happened and when he jumps back I don't know how far he is, but both pins are in his vitals. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's agree. all that matters. <laughs> that's the you classical know? elk thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but that elk got 10 yards from us, and he, he didn't jump and run away. He jumped and turned around and looked at us, and it was it was a chip shot, you know, well, at that point.
0: And like, like Randy said, that elk, like, so we're at the ATA, right? And, and Baku has a giant spot, so people can ride bikes. That elk was almost coming through something this open oh, yeah. to, to get to it. I mean, yeah, there were pine trees, but none of them had limbs. You know, there wasn't any, any underbrush. It was like, I mean, you could see for 200, 300 yards. Well, yeah, that's <laughs>
1: an interesting forest down there
2: in that yeah. unit, how, yeah. how open it is. It's an
1: old it's an old forest, yep. so there isn't much of that ground well, cover.
2: we can put it this way. He run about 80 yards and tipped over, and it's all on video. Yeah. yeah. We watched him fall over. <laughs> I mean... There was not enough brush to even where he could get out of it in 80 or 90 yards. Yeah. I, I would say experience. Well, you know,
1: there's a lot that are similar. Right. Um, I mean, I've had stuff that it, that I thought, there is no way I'm going to be able to close on this deer. Oh like being right out on an open hillside, standing up with a buck laying looking at me and just going inches per minute. And being able to close from let 's say one hundred and ten to forty five yards mm-hmm. and it may take me two hours, but he 's bedded in a way that I have no other way and i 've been able to close the deal and get the shot and shoot him in his bed right um, you know multiple times. Uh, one of the first experiences this kind of a funny side note, but <laughs> everybody knows their dog, and at the time back in two thousand and nine, I had trained Rottweiler attacked oh, really? him. Um, Ilsa, and she was just a wonderful dog. Sweetest dog in the world, you know. So, anyway, I get the first hex suit, and I put on this hex suit, not the hood, and I I come into the room. I don't announce myself. She's kind of laying next to the chair where she'd sit next to me at night, and I come around the corner, and I stand there and I'm looking at her and she's looking at me right in the eyes and all of a sudden that dog gets up and I thought, oh my God, she's going to rip my throat out. She's going to eat me. And, (laughs) you know, Mike and I talked about it. We had not talked about the canine thing whatsoever, but then doing a little more research when you talk about experiences, that was a real eye-opener before I was ever in the field in a hex suit. And I thought, my God, how much are our dogs tied in to our electrical energy based on our heart rate accelerating you have that thing with your dog your dog knows you're angry at your dog without Mm -hmm. even having to say anything and i thought boy that's that's a hell of a statement to what we're doing here as soon as i said her name and it was my voice she calmed down and kind of whimpered and came right over and i petted her but anyway, when we're talking about interesting experiences, so just a warning for everyone out there. If you have a trained <laughs> attack dog, don't try out your hex suit with the hood on and come make any big surprises. You may get more than you bargained for. But I, I've had some crazy stuff. Um, I, I After 20 years of putting in, I actually drew a desert sheep tag in Nevada and got him with my bow last oh, December. that's so cool. Which was a huge goal for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: but anyway,
1: uh, just that country, there isn't a blade of grass over two inches tall. So how, how, So
0: how did that hunt unveil then? Je, uh, spot <clears throat> stock everywhere. Right. Um, yeah.
1: And sheep, I, I think they're big defense, uh, at least desert bighorns is more of an eyesight thing than even smell. Um, but same kind of thing, it was an identifier. You know, if you have the wind in your direction, they just don't identify as danger. Hmm. I look like other rocks on the hillside. Right. And, I had a lot of buddies. That That's a choose-your-weapon hunt. So, so many people in that state, even if they're bow hunters, they draw a once-in-a-lifetime desert bighorn tag. They leave their bow at home. They pick up their rifle, and they go get their desert cheap. Mm-hmm. I wanted it with my bow and got Made it done it with my bow. But, you know, that's the kind of stuff, after doing it for so many years and having hex on, Randy will speak to this from a confidence standpoint you still have to hunt and and we try to tell everybody that and you know there's a lot of good hunters out there and still hunt the way you hunt don't go out of your way to make mistakes or or test it (laughs) or do dumb (laughs) things you know you're still hunting but it will like randy said make up for those little mistakes turning around in your tree stand in a a whitetail catching movement or you know moving in your blind and something picking you up for a second what you'll see time after time instead of that deer locking you down for two minutes and everybody's been there right even on a doe yeah you move a little you scratch your brow and you don't know a doe standing over here at 30 yards she locks you down for three minutes and then it's you can't do anything and snorting and, and what you'll see time after time is they just don't do that they might say hmm what was that but then they go right back to feeding really? 15 seconds later. That's so, so cool. That's probably the single biggest thing, I would say, out of most, wouldn't yeah. you? I mean, it's just different experience completely.
2: Well, and I hunted an Axis this last year, and being in Texas, I spot and stalk quite a few Axis, and if anybody's ever hunted Axis, no, they're it's, tough. it's not the easiest thing. And I, I've gotten lucky enough to kill one almost every year with my bow, spot and stalk out on the place. And the one I had this year, (laughs) I basically walked up on him and bumped him because I was in some thick brush just walking. Well, what made it interesting is I could see him, but I couldn't get a shot. So we just sort of watched each other the whole way, and I just sort of walked around the edge of the brush till I got a clean shot, and I shot him, (laughs) you know. But without it on, there'd been no way in hell that would have happened, you know. I mean, I I shot him at 20 or 25 yards. But it was just some of that yopon brush and everything and I couldn't get a shot, so you know, you can see through that stuff, but you don't want to take a chance on an arrow going through it. So just Is that a Texas term? Yopine
1: brush? It's it, it's
2: actually, it's actually <laughs> a, a little tree there, oh, Scott. Okay. You know, yeah, I'll I introduce you I, to I, it I, next I, I, time I, thought it was I see yopin it. Brush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> you know, but yeah, I basically just walked around it and got to harvest my axis and that's crazy. it was a fun deal.
0: With I guess one question I do have is um like say the top for instance, do you notice that in like the area of your heart, does the, um, I don't remember the name of the actual technical term of what is in the clothing, does it need to be any denser or thicker where? No, it's so it, it's funny with, with the clothing, the electrical
1: energy that comes out of your body, it's, it's basically a wearable Faraday cage. So it holds that energy in capacitance it'll ground out it'll naturally ground out so like if you sit down on the ground or your pant leg touches the ground it'll constantly bleed that energy off because we've never quite and it's hard to measure some of that stuff we've never quite figured out how much a suit will hold as far as electrical energy but you're constantly grounding that suit out Hmm. so you're bleeding off that energy and it's, it's obviously it's going into the ground now it's interesting you bring up the heart one of the largest muscles in the human body, but it gives off more than just about anything else. It's large muscle groups, so thighs, biceps, but the heart is the biggest one. And what animals are really sensitive to through a lot of of testing is an abrupt change in energy signal, right? That's what really alerts them. It's kind of like peripheral (laughs) vision when we catch something moving. Right. So, when you have that, and guys can call it whatever they want, whether you have buck fever or not, or you hold it together, you, I can measure it. I've got a watch that will measure my heart rate. So, I've looked at it. Right. Um, your heart rate is, is, is going to spike. Yep. Um, you're just putting out more electrical energy when your heart rate spikes. Hmm. and and that happens about every shot happens (laughs) about every shot whether you hold it together whether you feel it whether you fall apart it's still going to happen right
0: it's still going to happen
2: and i think one point that was brought up when i was learning about it was rocky jacobson jacobson calls and the example he gave is he was calling for a guy that didn't have a hex suit at this time this is way back but the raghorn walked by at five or six yards and just walked right on by him and that goes back to the point that we've always got close to animals but does it make a difference well the raghorn walked right by him but when the herd bull was coming in the guy's heart rate got to going he got all pumped up well that one never come in he stopped 20 30 yards before he got to him turned around and run off so when you do get elevated heart rates and all that that's what they're picking up a lot of times and that's why when people say, "Well, I've gotten close to animals all the time. I don't need that," well, It'd you know, I do, because I've had instances where my, my rangefinder do not work because I was shaking so bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you
0: and me both.
1: <laughs> well, you no, know, it, so. it's a learned experience with animals too. I mean, you know, we talk about shooting a yearling versus shooting a a, a, mature, a, buck. a mature buck. Yeah. So throughout that yeah. animal's lifetime, how many close calls does he have with either a human? A mountain lion, uh, another predator, whatever it might be. So over time, and all the science tells you that that's an experience level event, that it's just like us. And, that you know, we may be somewhere and we go, man, it's weird. And you turn around and somebody's staring at you. Uh And I'm sure we have that sense, but we've been top of the food chain for way too long. Right. We're we're not as tied into it, but it, it definitely is a learned thing. Um, because all of us know, I mean, the more age an animal has on it, the, the more wary he is, and and the tougher he is to get to, the yep. tougher he is to kill. Absolutely. There's no doubt. So I'm sure that, that young buck, he experiences that a couple of times. By the time he's three or four, he goes, hmm, there's something here. I can sense it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I'm out of here. And that's the, probably what yeah. that
0: older bull did,
1: right. you know, besides the spike in heart rate.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's that's interesting to think too, because I mean, if if you're not getting excited before you shoot something that you're excited about, man, you shouldn't be doing it anymore. You well, know? that's that's for sure. It, you know,
1: it, it's funny. Everybody's a little different, though, because I really don't. But after, after I run an fact. arrow, man, I <laughs> fall apart. I mean, sometimes I'm like jelly. But the only time now that I've experienced and and I've been doing it for a long time. i been very fortunate um, to hunt a lot of animals and, and been successful. Now I've got my wife into it, and my god am i nervous <laughs> when i'm watching her try <laughs> when i'm with her i mean i could, I could care I, I shouldn't say i could care less but it's different than me but my god i get so nervous especially when i'm walking or put, watching her put a stock on him like oh he's
2: right there <laughs> matter of fact good lord we was at the ranch and and uh jess actually went out with the cameraman you know scott's in one stand and i'm sitting at the house just waiting on everybody and she texts us both and it's like well we want to be there for the picture and (laughs) see what was going on i got a deer down we didn't exactly get the we didn't exactly get the invite to come
1: (laughs) track the deer you
2: know we thought maybe she was gonna shoot another one or do something else but we were both so excited and just wanted to see it and wanted to help find it and take pictures i, I and was
1: out of my butt and i knew one was gonna come. i was
2: out of my blind in two minutes and i
1: beat me still i was halfway across there already you
2: know i was trying to be polite and wait on the invitation <laughs> yeah. but finally it was just scott said yeah. i'm coming well i am too then i ain't gonna get left out uh,
1: it's it's fun stuff you know i mean it's like randy with his boys and now uh, my stepson brian got his first deer this year which awesome. was huge um, you know, my son hunting, but, but for her, it's even different. Randy will test to this. She is so eaten up with archery. I mean, she'll stand in the backyard and just shoot for 30 minutes just randomly. And to watch that, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've had a passion for it for a long time. But to instill that in someone else and she's not doing it for me, she's doing it for herself, it is so super cool. Yeah. Um, for me. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's
0: like Hoyt and
1: Gatlin. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, with the bow stuff. I mean right. my you know, my
0: my boy's the same, he's seven and it's, it's no different, you know. Yeah. when when, so much when fun. he himself is like, Dad, let's go shoot bows. I'm like, score! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, let's go shoot bows. Exactly. <laughs> well, awesome guys. Well, I I can't thank you guys enough for swinging by uh, the Baku booth here and and doing a podcast with me and talking about hex. Because man, after that experience, I have been I it's been on my radar. Because you know you know how it is until you use something. It's just kind of there, but it's not there. You know. And oh, yeah. After that, I just was like, man, that I need to talk with those guys because. I want more people to know about it. You know, I had I had such an awesome experience. I want I want more people to know about. it. So why don't you tell people, you know, where to find yourself, whether it's just hex dot com or where, wherever they need to go, because uh, I want it, them to get it.
1: At, at <laughs> this point, um, just Google hex. Okay. Um, or hex suit. <clears throat> uh it'll come right up you can get it on amazon we and, have our own store on amazon that is h-e-c-s h-e-c-s yeah or you can go directly to LLC, which is our our website you cool. can order direct from us um we always have product in stock uh super easy as a matter of fact right now we've got free shipping on just about everything coming out of the holidays Um, So it's a good time to step up and buy. But if you want more information, we have some great people on the phone. So if you have some technical questions, call us at the shop. We're always happy to hear hunting stories and talk. And, you know, whatever it takes, we stand behind our stuff 100%. We've got a guaranteed fit. so I know people worry about that with online ordering, but if it doesn't fit for any reason, we'll pay the shipping back and send you out one that
2: will. Absolutely. Well, and one so. thing's about important when they call a the shop, they're not just talking to anybody. There's about a thirty three percent chance they're gonna get hold of so the guy who created it. Yeah, yeah which is
1: Mike Mike's linker, Mike
0: Mike's in there, he still answers know. phone. So cool.
2: that's a good thing. You know.
0: Yeah, and, and honestly I think that says something about you guys, right? You know, I mean We're we're passionate about it. We That's uh, cool.
1: You know, we live we live this, too. I mean, we have a TV show on Pursuit. That's us on, on TV. Um, <laughs> right. You know, that's that is actually you. us. So we, uh, you know, and even our guys, um, you know, John Dudley is a good friend of mine. He's been in Hex for quite some time. And we're not a, a pay-for-talent company. We think that takes something away. So we've got our guys are wearing Hex because they want to wear Hex, not because right. we're paying them to do it. Um, John's been a great ambassador and, and tells the story. And we have a lot of other guys out there, too. Cool. And if you do, get go on YouTube and look at Randy Peck's first hex turkey because <laughs> it is awesome. I look at it every <laughs> once in a while. If you know this guy, he doesn't often get that excited, but he had his hat off and yelling at the camera inside was, of 10 seconds. It, it was a lot of fun. It's fun
0: to watch. That is yeah. so cool. I will definitely check it out. Well, thanks again. I, can't, I appreciate it a bunch. So... Um, And obviously, you know, I'll let you guys know when this is headed out for everybody to listen to. So thanks a bunch, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your show.
1: Oh, thanks for having us, man. It was great.